Well, I am excited to introduce uh, Murray, or he calls himself Pastor Muzz, or Prophet Muzz, whatever. I don't, but um, he is amazing. How many have heard him this week? Okay, it's amazing. Yeah, he's been, we've been keeping him busy. Ever since he got here, we've been keeping him busy. He's been going and speaking, and so it's going to be good. So praise God. Um, so I'm going to invite you up. Amen. Hey, Faith Chapel, how are you? It's wonderful to be with you. I've, got, I've been told I can't come off the platform, so I have to stay up in my little perch. So, so wonderful to be. I've actually been with you a few times via the uh, your streaming of services. Really great, and I see the numbers of that are growing. See, let me say this: I don't think uh, Faith Chapel is here just to pastor here, and you guys, you're going to stand as influence. I really can see influence shining out from this place, really like a lighthouse. Wherever, like you know, when you think that a lighthouse's light shines, I think uh, beyond the horizon. And if you understand the influence that God has for you, it goes beyond the horizon. Beyond what you can see. Let me say that. Beyond, beyond, because our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond, beyond what we could ask or even imagine. And Isaiah, he says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My, see, God is completely unreasonable. That's cool, isn't it? So tonight I'm going to ask you to do some unreasonable things. I want to, um, I've got a message that's really been burning me. I've been waiting on God this afternoon about it. And I really know that this is going to cause a shift. So you've got to really understand that your life is never going to be the same again after tonight in Jesus' name. I'm really not here to just tick your ears. I'm really here. I know that the mandate on Susie and I's life is to shift things, to change things. There really is the prophetic. The prophetic really should it should cause the goodness of God and the greatness of God to explode in people so that people get a revelation of how great their God is and start to do exploits. <laughs> so you're about to, I, I'll give you a warning, you're about to go into a fight tonight. Uh, I have a background in violence. <laughs> See, See, uh, you got to say, all Australians, see, we're a colony of thieves and, and criminals and, and, yeah, baddies. Like, they, because of your war of independence, instead of you taking all the convicts, Australia got them. <laughs> so you sent us all to a beautiful tropical island in the Pacific, and we thank you for that. <laughs> but I, I just want to read a few scriptures. Let me read this in 1 Timothy 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. This is Paul talking to Timothy. Uh, and it really is interesting. This is a father, a spiritual father, really speaking to a spiritual son. Like they really had this father-son thing really going. Paul says this to Timothy, Fight the good fight of fate. Lay hold of eternal life for which you were called and confess the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. You can understand that, see, Christianity is not for wimps. It's not for little antsy-pantsy little people. It's not for little, you know, uh, faint hearts. Faint hearts? Do you, you understand? Do you know what I mean? 
And uh, praise God for the altar call. Praise God that we can pray. Praise God that we can minister to people. But in the end, you're going to be in a fight. And if you haven't found out that you are in a fight, you're probably losing it. Who's found out it's a fight to, ha- to stay married? You know, you can fight and it lose, but you can fight and stay married because you're fighting the right fight. Is that true? It's a fight to raise godly children. It's a fight to plant a church. It's a fight to grow a church. Is that true? It's a fight to win people to Jesus. Have you found that? You notice then they're not, we know we're not, we're not packed. They're not beating down the doors. Have you noticed that? And I noticed that America doesn't lack people. You've got heaps of them. But you've got to understand it's a fight. If you think, if you think you're going to reach the city of Syracuse by singing Kumbayas in this hall, you're kidding yourself. Is that true? Come on, I'm not trying to insult you. Like, like, I feel like I've been part of this church for a long time, so I feel like I'm just nailing it. Is that cool? So what I want to share with you, a message, it's, I want to share with you, I, don't want to, I want to impart to you, I want to stir you up so that you start to, you start to engage in a fight. See, so you can understand this. My father, my father was born in prison, we, we raised violent, so were we. I was never taught how to, how to fight. I was taught how to be violent. <laughs> so I ain't scared of any of you how big you are. I've done five years in prison ministry and outreach to bikies. <laughs> I don't look like that, do I? Because it's not about whether you, how, it's not how much fight you've got, it's how violent you are willing to be. And it says in the scriptures that the violent take heaven. So you're gonna, I'm going to introduce you to a fight where there are no rules. You're all terrified now. <laughs> oh my God, we've had sweet little angel uh, Pastor Kelly up here and now you've got me. <laughs> so I'm going to read this to you. Oh, I, want to, I think the best example, the, we're going to go on a bit of a journey tonight. The best example of a fighter in the Bible, I believe, is King David. King David is quite amazing because he's one of only three people other than Jesus that they record all of his life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Moses is one, Joseph is one, and David is one. Like in great detail, his entire life. And who's thankful for that? So I want to read you this. And it's this, it's found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And I'm going to start reading from verse 33. So 1 Samuel 17, I don't know if we've got it on the Sky Bible or not. So turn on your Bibles. Who remembers when you used to turn your Bible and you could hear all these pages rattling? Now you don't hear a thing. Or you just see people go blue in the face because they're looking at their Bible. And it says, so this, this, is, this is the account, of course, where David is going to fight Goliath. This is how he enters into it. This is how he steps up to actually get the opportunity to do it. Okay? And this is, we're just clipping it at the the conversation that David wrangles himself in to actually get an audience with the king and actually wants to put forward his opportunity to fight this guy. Pretty cheeky. That's what we say in Australia. 
And he says this, so Saul said to David, uh, oh, let me, let me back up a bit to verse 32. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail him because, fail him because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go up against this Philistine and fight him. You are a youth and he is a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took the lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by the beard. See, that's violence. That's not like, yeah, that's like hitting below the belt, grabbing by the beard. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Everybody a beard's just kind of going, oh. <laughs> How you feeling, Jim? Just keep it trimmed and you'll be okay. I grabbed it by the beard and I struck it and I killed it. Your servant has killed both lions and bear and this uncircumcised Philistine would be like one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. Let me tell you something. The first fight that you'll ever fight the first battle that you'll ever be engaged in is the battle for yourself. The battles when no one is watching, no one is looking. The battles when, they're the big battles, if you like. You've got to learn how to kill and how to destroy and how to subdue your lions and your bears before you're ever going to get up against a Goliath. You've got to get this, guys, okay? You've got to, you've got to understand that there are there are, we have an enemy. And, he, and he, the Bible says that he prowls around like a lawing, like a lion. You've got to understand that. Lions are things that rule. Things that have ruled your family, maybe for generations. Maybe poverty has ruled your family. Maybe violence has ruled your family. Maybe divorce has ruled your family. Maybe uh, mental Illness has destroyed your family. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Maybe greed has destroyed your family. What is it that's ruled your family? And is it still ruling you? Is the issues that your mum and dad, you know, maybe you're, you're from a divorced family... Maybe poverty is hit you. Are you still battling with the things that they battle with? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Those generational curses, those things that come at you that want to pull you down. Let me tell you something. As a born-again believer, I have no right to. And you learn, need to learn how to overcome that. Not be a victim of that anymore. And guess what? You know what? If you need to get counselling, get it. If you need to get it for your soul, if you need to get it for your mind, if you need to get it for your body, get it. If you need deliverance, get it. Are you hearing me? If you need to do a session in so-so, get it. If you need to sit and humble yourself, you know, come and see your pastor, man. I know I look good on the outside, but man, I'm addicted. Because while ever you're doing that, you're losing ground for us. You've got to learn how to feed these lions and bears. See, it, 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 it's kind of like this, see. The lions are the things that the, the lies that rule you. 
They're the addictions that rule you. It, it can be money that rules you, and money will rule you one way. It'll either be greed or it'll be poverty. What is it that rules you? Is it pride? Is it an illness? Is it unbelief? What is it that stops you entering into what is rightfully yours? When David found out how to kill lions and bears, all of a sudden, do you understand the lions, the reason, if you look into the story of David, the reason why David was sent out on his own was so that he would be killed. He was an embarrassment to the family. Isn't it interesting, you know, this, this actually happens after he's been anointed as king. He's had an encounter with God. And now I always wonder whether all of a sudden things changed. And now, like you think, you're sending a child out into the wilderness knowing that there's wild animals there. Whenever there was a dinner party or there was ever a family gathering, David was never called. He was left out there so that something would eat him. Imagine their surprise every fortnight when he'd come back for supplies. Carrying a bearskin, a lion's head, wearing lion claw necklace next week. Wearing bear skin Ugg boots. Imagine the frustration. My goodness me, what is it going to take to kill this kid? Are you hearing me? Do you understand that the very issues and the things that, that God is training you for ministry, God is training you into another realm if you're willing to take on what it is. What is it that has you bound? What is it that has your family bound? Is it still leaking into your family? Are you hearing me? You've got to learn. Don't worry about anything else. Look, like don't worry about anybody else or anything else until you learn how to deal with those things. Are you hearing me? In my country, I'm known as the pastor whisperer. So pastors are brought to me, probably because of my violent background, (laughs) to be ministered to because of all sorts of issues. And you know what most of the time I find is? That they've never learnt to fight the battle for themselves. They've never learnt to know what to do with their bears. Bears hibernate. Bears sit there until you give them a nudge. And all of a sudden, see, what's your anger like? What's your insecurities like? Uh, how jealous can you get? How anxious can you get? How worried do you go? If you ain't worried, I can give you plenty to worry about. See, how do you go with that? What happens when things go you know, your way? What happens when you don't get your prayer answered? Do you collapse in a heap? Or can you still do the fight of faith? It's interesting. In Hebrews, Hebrews 11 is all about faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things seen. And then it goes on to the list of, you know, all these mighty men that raised people from the dead. At least David as those that fought great armies. And then it says there's the others. Others that their entire life, they never got a prayer answered. That they died believing that God was still able to answer their prayers even if they didn't see it. Those are the ones that can fight the fight. 
See, faith isn't how fast you can get a thing. Faith is how long you can keep believing for it and not doubt. That's faith. And you've got to be able to fight to do that. You've got to be able to, be able to subdue the lions and the bears that come at you while you've got faith for it. Is that true? <laughs> How's your anger? How's your fear? How's your joy level? So you've got to learn how to... See, David, if you, if, if you read later, uh, later on the story, you'll hear there of a place called Ziglag. And again, David comes back, he's working as a mercenary, then he's hired to fight by this stage. He comes back to his hometown, it's been completely burnt. All the women and children are taken out, everything's, everything's been taken. Years' worth of work has been taken. And his men are discouraged, and he's discouraged, and he... The men want to stone him because they feel like he's made the wrong decision. And it says this about David, that he encouraged himself in God. See, you've got to learn how to do that. You've got to know how to do that before a catastrophe happens. Come on. Is that true? You've got to... Who knows here first aid? First, first, what do you call it? First aid. First aid. How to resuscitate someone. You know? CPR. CPR. Wish you guys would speak English anyway. Who knows how to do that? Very, very good. Hopefully you get to practice on that before you have to do it. Is that true? Hopefully you know how to do that before you need to do it. We Australians all know how to swim. We all learn how to swim because of the sharks and the crocodiles. Who knows that it's, you know, it's no good trying to learn to swim all of a sudden when you've got to get in the water. You've got to know what to do. You know what I've learned? All my insecurities and my anger and everything like that comes at me all the time. But the big difference is what I, I know what to do with it. See, this is, this is the thing that I find a lot of people. You know, you're going to have unbelief come at you. You're going to have pride come at you. You're going to have offense come at you. You're going to have anxiety come at you. I can guarantee that. You're going to have trouble happen to you. You're going to have disappointment happen to you. You're going to be betrayed. You're going to have people lie to you. You're going to have people promise the absolute earth to you. And the very next day, they're going to stab you in the back. If you haven't found that out yet, ha <laughs> But see, you've got to know what to do with that. See, David knew exactly what to do if a lion shows up. Not panic, not freak out. He knew exactly what to do. If a bear showed up, just wanders in, all of a sudden seizes an opportunity, he knew exactly what to do. Do you know how to forgive? Do you know how to not worry? Do you know to hose off your anxiety? Do you know how to defeat your lust? Do you know how to overcome temptation? (laughs) 
And what you don't is okay. Learn to. Find out how to. How to grab it by the beard. How to headbutt it. How to use your elbows. How to bite. Are you hearing me? How to put something and completely subdue a thing. Come on. You've got to learn how to fight. It's a fight for yourself. Who here, here we go, let the games begin. Who here, you're the first person to get saved in your family? Now, I know that's weird in America because probably you all think you're saved. Who's the first person? Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. You're the first person to get saved in your family. That is so awesome. Give them a big hand. That's awesome. Father, I just thank you right now. Ooh, here we go. Oh, you know, you can stay up. That, that's a fight. I know it's a fight to stand, but you're going to stand in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I just thank you for these right. Oh, Harley, you're in amongst this. You know what, Harley? I can see you. You like a bear. You could wear a bear skin and no one would. <laughs> but you're going you're gonna to defeat all the things in your family. I tell you what, poverty's going to be beaten. Uh, all sorts of stuff is going to happen. And you're going to see that all of a sudden you're going to become a... There's somewhere in Isaiah, I think it is the Amplified Version, it says, God has anointed me with the spirit of a hero. Where is that? Someone Google that somewhere. But I'm going to declare that over all of you, that God is going to anoint you as a hero. God's going to anoint you as a hero. God's going to anoint you as a hero. And you're going to be the person that changes the whole course of history of your family. From you forward, imagine that. From you forward, people be sane. From you forward, people's... uh, Marriages stay together. I got a testimony of a friend of mine in Sydney. No, no, no divorce in his family since colonization. So 200 years of one generation after the next, after the next, after the next, no divorce. People staying together, fighting the fight to stay there. Family. So that when, when his father died, he inherited 112 houses in Sydney. The average price, the average price of just a little four-bedroom home in Sydney is $1.2 million. His are in the inner city. So they're probably worth about $2.5 million each. Simply because no one got divorced. Imagine that. Come on, Miss Puma, I tell you what, there's, there's going to be things you're about to throw off here, that's you. You're going to throw off things. I see you standing up. I see a net being thrown over your family and you are about to pierce through it. You are going to tear it asunder. You know how Samson was tied up with cords and it says that when the anointing came on him, it it melted like wax. It was like cobwebs. The snare that the enemy is. You're not going to be, let me tell you something, your anxiety and your depression and all that stuff that comes to you is gone tonight in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Um, that great cute little couple up there I can't remember you're a school teacher with a really cute girlfriend (laughs) I see your family standing on your shoulders I see people stand have stood and will stand and will continue to stand on your shoulders you're gonna you just gotta keep your place and you gotta keep your faith because you like that you know and you see in the army you know that guy that stands there and helps people up over the obstacle course that's you 
You're willing to just give people a hand. You're willing to be. No one will get over that wall if you aren't here. No one will get victory if you don't pray. No one. Imagine that. Imagine that. Every victory that happens in this church, every victory that happens in people, that we, when we help them do that, we all win. Is that true? So I bless you in the name of Jesus with true spiritual power and true spiritual Yeah, power in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, sit down, sit down, you guys. That's enough for you. You're all show-offs. But my dad, my dad was the first person to get saved in his family. And it broke, it broke my... So single mum, single mum, four kids, a brothel on one side, hitman on the other, and who knows what was going on across the road. That's, where my, that's how my father grew up. My father grew up putting, putting, being put in fights as a pit bull. As a little kid. Hor- horrific. But he was the first one to get saved. First one to get saved. And then Uncle Jimmy gets saved. And Uncle Jimmy now resides as a millionaire. And you know one of those gated communities where the millionaires all retire? That's where Uncle Jimmy retired. His both sisters would have been up for abuse and all sorts of crazy, marry men that they stay with till the day they die. Isn't that amazing? His mum gets saved and they play bagpipes, the amazing grace, at her funeral, which is packed with people. And no one would ever know, no one would ever know what their past was because it was one person invited him along to a soup kitchen. That's how you get an Australian. Feed him. Okay, let's read this. Are you ready? So you got that? You've got to fight for yourself. You've got to learn how to do that. You've got to be really good at it. Okay, I think you got it. Let me read this. And I tell you once, you, once you learn the fight for yourself, immediately the next battle will begin. Immediately. As soon as David stepped onto that battlefield and he slew Goliath, life was different from then on. Who can see that in David's life? All of a sudden, everybody could see that, that what this guy, this guy was not frightened of anything or anyone. And it was different. But what you're going to find is this dynamic comes into your life. Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 23. Sorry, chapter 22. 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 22, yeah, in the first two verses. 1 Samuel 22, in the first two verses. It says, David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And so when his brothers and all his fathers and his father's his father heard of it, they went down there to him. And everyone, everyone who was in distress, everybody who was in debt, and everyone who was discontent gathered him. That sounds like a church plant to me, if there ever was one. And so he became the captain of them, and there was about 400 men with him. See, the, the first battle is for your... Oh, come on. This is not golf. <laughs> this is not being... This is life and death. The first battle is for yourself. The second battle is for others. For others. And what happens, guess what? When you learn how to kill lions and bears, guess what? Everybody who's been chased around by a lion or bear comes at you. 
Have you noticed that? Did you notice that when, when, as Jesus ministered, everybody that had a problem came to him? Why? Because he knew what to do. Have you noticed if you've got a healing ministry, guess who's going to come to you? Sick people. You want a healing ministry? You're going to have a church through of crutches and armchairs and all sorts of weird things coming in. Is that true? You got a deliverance ministry? Bless you. You'll have every crazy, every numbskull in the whole city come to the thing. But why? Because they want to get set free. And you're going to, guess what? If, if you're going to do ministry, you're going to have to learn to do this. Oh, man, I've done it. I've done it all. I've done kids. I've done youth. I've done music. <laughs> Didn't last for that very long. <laughs> Preaching, ushering, put out chairs, the whole deal. The whole deal. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the funny thing about that, all that is, that I watch people try to go into the fight for themselves who didn't have the, the fight for others who couldn't win the fight for themselves. Are you hearing me? That's why people don't last. That's why people don't do it. That's why people think you can do it and then you can't do it. I'm helping someone here. But let me tell you something. If you learn how to do that, let me tell you something. It's no longer about you. Let, let me read you this out of uh, Romans. Romans chapter 8, verses 31. Who likes Romans chapter 8? Oh, everybody does. I bet you a pastor preaches from it. What shall we say about these things? Say, lions and bears. If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us. How shall he who not would also freely give to us all things? In other words, if he gave us Jesus, do you think he's not going to give us victory? You've got to understand, we serve a God who's never lost a fight. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? Is it, is it God who justifies? Who is it who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore, who also is risen. Praise God for that. I praise God he went to the cross, but I'm praise, I really praise God that there's an empty tomb. There's victory there. There's one thing to suffer, but there's another thing to overcome. Is that true? It's one thing to get in a fight. It's another thing to win one. Come on. There's something going on. It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even now at the, sitting at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? No. The answer is none of them. And see, that's the, when, ministry is all about, all about the fight for others. It's actually getting in that gauge and, and showing people there is nothing can separate you from God. Exactly what Pastor Kelly said. I love it. It's like a mantra. Say this after me. There is nothing, there is nothing. The, presence of Jesus the presence of Jesus cannot fix. Cannot fix. Amen. There's nothing the presence of Jesus cannot fix. There's no lion. There's no bear. There's no peril. There's no suffering. There's nothing that he can't fix. There's nothing that you can't endure with his, with his presence with you. That you can't endure. There's no problem, no issue, no persecution. We think persecution. We think persecution if someone deletes us from Facebook. <laughs> someone writes us an angry email. For heaven's sake. 
someone calls you a name. That's persecution. My family's persecuting me. They won't talk to me. Oh, you poor darling. Well, guess what that is? See, that's your insecurities firing up. But see, once you've done that, once you understand what's really going on, you understand, okay, I need to love them. I need to forgive them. I need to be sweet, not sour. Is that true? But the big thing is that now, once you learn how to do that, all the people that are still struggling with that will join to you. And you've got to start fighting with them, helping them how to do that, being patient with them and fighting for them. <laughs> the thing is, you've got to understand something. If you, if you do small groups and different meetings, who here runs a ministry of some sort? You, have, you, you somehow lead people in some sort of form. Kids, youth, whatever. Who are those people? Put your hand up. Some are not sure. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. When you invite anyone to anything, they, all hell is going to come against them. Do you understand that? Their car will break down. Their washing machine will throw up. Their <laughs> cattle die. Their dog will get lost. They'll get a flat tire on the way there. They're, they'll have a fight with their family. Is that true? They'll have everything come against them. They won't have enough money or someone will ring them or some inconvenient thing will happen. Is that true? That's why you've got to go get them. You've got to go kidnap them. You, you're going you to understand that. You're, gonna get, you're actually going to have to go out there and fight for them. And guess what will happen to you? Your cat will throw up on your carpet. You'll get a flat tire. Your mash machine will die. Is that true? But the fortunate, fortunately for you, you know what's going on. So it doesn't matter. You borrow someone else's car. Cats are bad anyway. Are you hearing me? How many times have you ordered, you know, you've, or you've, you've hired a venue or you've hired a bus or you've hired a band or you've hired someone and you've invited people along to it and sure enough... Only 10% of them show up. Is that true? Guess what happens next time? You still hire the bus. You still get the venue. You still get the band. Is that true? You invite people around for dinner. And guess what? You cook meal and they hardly ever show up. Guess what you do? You invite them again and you cook just as better, good a dinner and you still clean the house. Is that true? That's the fight for others. That's what I mean. See, I think I'm starting to get you fired up a little bit. Either that or you're going to quit. No, I don't think you're going to quit. Are you hearing me? You all know, we call him like a Nancy. Your big Jesse, we say in Australia. Yeah, you don't like that, okay. <laughs> You've got to learn to fight for people. You want to get your kids in church, you're going to have to fight for it. You want to see people saved, you're going to have to fight for it. You're going to have to fast, you're going to have to pray, you have to organize yourself, you're going to inconvenience yourself, it's going to cost you money, it's going to cost you time, it's going to cost you tears, it's going to cost you blood, sweat and tears. Do you think this building just popped up? Do you think these services just happen? Do you think the anointing just rolls in here? Someone's paying a price. But imagine if the more of you start to pay the price, it starts to really get up there. One of the big, some of the situations or some of the issues within the church is that we've only got a few people fighting while the rest of them sort of give pointers. 
on how the game's going. Is that true? You try doing it. Yeah, that shut him up pretty quick, Uncle Jim. <laughs> you understand me? You've got to learn to fight the fight. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to deal with people that, you know, that are... <laughs> I do have notes. I've, I've seen your Pastor Jim, and he's amazing. Like, you've got to see, you've got to deal with people that are in distress, people that act out of pain, out of abuse, out of a net, out of neglect, out of being unloved. Some people just don't know how to love because they've never been loved. So it's like, you know, a feral cat. It's like, you know what I mean? Some people are like that. Some people, when you go to love them, they just attack you. They bite you. They scratch you. Is that true? <laughs> they react. You try to correct them and they think you're attacking them. And that's because, guess what? They are still fighting the fight for themselves. You know, in Australia, we have these guys. We call our lifeguards lifesavers. Lifesavers. They wear these funny little red and... Oh, uh, yellow caps. Have you ever seen them? Anybody seen that? Oh, you can Google it later. <laughs> but it's interesting. Now they don't, they used to send a guy out on a rope. He would swim out to get the person to rescue them. Now they just do it in a jet ski. But in the good old days, they used to have these big burly kind of guys, uh, big barrel chested kind of swimmers. They weren't like these sleek ribbons like your Phelps guys. They were like these big bulky, they weren't for, they weren't for speed, they were for power because guess what they had to do? They had to swim for two. And that's a completely different thing. <laughs> a lot of the time they fight the person. They, they, they go out to there and I've, I've rescued a drowning person and they will nearly drown you. They'll put you down and stand on you in panic. And so a lot of those guys could throw a pretty good punch. <laughs> Who wants to come to Australia now? <laughs> because they had to know how to swim and that was a fight. And that's what evangelism is. You've got to go out there where their mess is. See, people out there think they are too broken and too sinful to come into a building like this. Too dysfunctional, too ugly. They've done too much stuff to ever step inside a church building. And that's why I love about your feeding crew. See, there are people that owe Owe stuff that they could never pay back. Not just, man, just, not just money or finances or stuff, but the sin that they've done, the offence that they've caused, the abuse they've done, their failures. They're all out there and they need us to fight for them. The fight for them. David had all these guys that were abused, these guys that were in debt, and then he had the guys that were discontent, the hopeless, the joyless, the unbelieving and the frustrated. Oh man, they're a fun crew to pastor. Pastor. <laughs> Someone has to help them. Someone who has a testimony of what Jesus can do. <laughs> who, is, who is ever a sinner here? But now you're righteous. Come on, come on. I want to see those hands. Who, who, who was an addict? Who was addicted to something? You're crazy. But now you're not. Hey, man, come on. Who was going to prison? Here we go. Come on, and now you're not. Come on. Isn't that awesome? 
See, the, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I know you preach that here. That's, that's why you go through some of your stuff, so that you can help someone go through their stuff. Why waste it? Why waste it? Is that true? Come on. See, you're a lot more powerful and a lot more amazing than you realize. <laughs> it's just that you've got to understand who you're dealing with. The in debt, the discontent, the rejected, the abused. That's who we're fighting for. David had all those guys rock off on him, 400 of them. <laughs> And slowly but surely, but let me, let me show you what he did to them. If you drop down, let me read this. There's an amazing account in 2 Samuel chapter 23. And by the, time it's in, in, by the end of 2 Samuel, it's the end of David's life. And they're sort of making an account, and it starts to recount some of the stuff that David got or, or had done. And part of that was they actually recorded what now was known as David's mighty men. So he'd taken these 400 and actually by the end, by the time he'd become king, by the time he was established king, these 400 were his bodyguards. These were the elite. These that they said of them, they are like bear robs of their cubs. Even when they were old men, they were still feared. They never paid for a meal, these guys. If they rocked up, it was like, holy smoke. Abadijah is here. That's him. That's him. We should buy his meal. Because he has rescued us. I've heard his testimony. Let me read you some of what happened. It says this in 2 Samuel 23, verse 8. These are the names of the mighty men that David... Oh, I can't. It's like speaking in tongues. Josh, someone... It says that that guy killed 800 men at one time. Now, that's a fight. He's got fighting him. I don't reckon he was playing by the rules. Eight. I don't know what's harder, a giant, like a nine, ten-foot giant, or 800 men. But he was one stage completely dysfunctional. Let's drop down to verse 17. There's stories of guys that defended bean fields, turned whole armies around. Keep reading through that chapter and you'll see one after the other, these guys doing crazy stuff. Let me drop down to verse 17. I thought I highlighted it it must have gone uh verse 19 verse 20 benaiah the son of jebediah the son of a valiant man from Cruz, <laughs> who had done many who had done many deeds he had killed listen to this he killed two lion-like heroes like weird like manifesting i don't know what that even means but lion-like heroes from moab he killed two of them at once he had also gone down to kill a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. Must have been from Sarah Cruz. 
So David had been with these guys who no one wanted, no one could use, felt useless. Slowly but surely he worked with them until they were brave, full of faith. Heroes. Willing to go forward. And you think of it, if I was walking along and I see a lion in a pit, I go, bless Jesus. He fell in there. But Abadijah, he decides, this will be fun, and jumps in. (laughs) I heard David talking about this once. He explained to us how you kill one of these things. In fact, he's got this really cool bracelet with all these teeth on it. I want one. I'm going to get one. Can you see it? He transformed these guys. Who here, those people put your hand up. I want you to put your hand up again. You lead someone. You lead a group in a ministry. Stand your feet. This is not the time to be shy. This is the time to lead. Because if anyone is fighting the fight for others, it's you guys. (laughs) Yeah, there's someone telling you to stand up. There you go. (laughs) Is that the more, Jim? Or do you need to just throw some others under the bus? You probably should stand up too, you two. The generals, give them a big hand. They're taking you into the fight. Father, I thank you that, Lord, that, that from now on, Father, a new level of authority, a new level of faith, a new level of power, a new level of tenacity, a new level of unction, a new level of grit, a new level of of uh, steel within them, a new hunger for souls, a new hunger for the power, a new hunger for a testimony, a new hunger for breakthrough for people, a new hunger, supernatural wisdom, supernatural insight, supernatural strategies, God, supernatural reliance, supernatural uh, exploits, supernatural in Jesus' name. Not what they can do, but what you can do through them. Father, I thank you that these guys did something supernatural. They stepped into something supernatural. And I thank you that you're about to put something in their hands that even though it looks like a stone, it's going to be something that can kill a giant. Even though it looks like a stick, it can something can bring deliverance to an entire nation. Father, I thank you that it's, it might be just a voice or it's just a car or it's just a, it, it, it's, it's just a guitar or it's just an instrument. That Father, I thank you that it's going to be cause a battle be to one in Jesus' name. It might be just a computer. It might be just admin. But I thank you that, God, it's going to cause breakthroughs of people. It might be just a building. It might be just a hammer. It might be just a men mowing lawns. But I thank you that, Lord, it's doing something for your kingdom in Jesus' name. I thank you that, Lord, that, there's, that, Lord, there's going to come a time. There's going to come a time, uh, Kelly and, uh, and Jim, that, you know, the, the battle's about to rage. <laughs> but not like a way that you think where hell is going to quake. That all of a sudden I see you rumbling. I see this, this, this tank rumbling forward throughout the tunnel. And the, the sound of God's army and the, the sound of God's angels and the sound of God's victory thundering around Syracuse in the name of Jesus. That you're going to go on the front foot and never on the back foot from this day forward. You're going to go on the front foot. You're going to go on the front foot in Jesus' name. It's going to be more than momentum. <laughs> It's just going to be victory. It's going to be, it's going to be, I say to you like this. Oh, that I would, David, even in this verse, he says, Oh, that I would drink from the, from the, from the well by the gate of Bethlehem. And a group of men ran down 
threw an army, drew a bucket of water and brought it back to David. I pray that people start to connect themselves so valiantly. People start to understand your heart. People start to understand your heart. People start to see your heart. People start to see your desires to bring refreshing, to bring sweetness, to bring healing, to bring cleansing, to bring the word, to bring faith, to bring deliverance, to bring authority to bring the lordship and the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ to this region in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God is saying to you guys that he is willing to do all that's in your heart. Do all that's in your heart in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, guys. Oh, I feel like fighting someone. I can probably, I can still throw them, but I can't get hit as well as what I used to. Here we go. You ready for the last fight? What time does church start tomorrow? Yeah. Anyway, this is good, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm not frightened anyway. <laughs> Let's go to 1 Chronicles chapter 22. 1 Chronicles chapter 2. You've got to have the fight for yourself. The fight for others. And then there's this fight. Is this in 1 Chronicles 22 and verse 1 to 5. Oh, I'll just read verse 5. Now David, this is the end of his life. He is at the end of his life. He's about to go. And it's interesting. The king before him feared the people and suicided. David feared God more than people. And the people did everything they could to keep him alive. Interesting, isn't it? If you will fight for people, not be frightened of them, but fight for them, I tell you, they'll be with you. Anyway. Now David said, Solomon, my son, is young and inexperienced, and the house to be built for the Lord must be exceedingly, I think Pastor Kelly must have written this, exceedingly magnificent, famous and glorious throughout the countries. I will make preparations for it. So David made abundant preparations before his death. Now, I just, I wrote down and I sort of researched that I don't know what the statistics are like right now, but just, just the gold and the silver in today's value, you, I'll, I'll give it to you like that. So he gave 112 tons of gold. One ton of gold is worth about $64 million. So 112 times... million. From a shepherd boy. From someone in the back of nowhere that no one wanted to know, brother. Now the silver. We mine silver in Australia, unfortunately, when I look at this. 262 tons of silver at $1 million a ton. That's just that. I'm not counting the timber, the bronze, all the other stuff, the material. It says he made it. That's what he gave. <laughs> you've got to understand this. You've got to understand this. You know what? One day, one day you're going to be all, you're going to, have, you're going to be fat and bald, no teeth. I know. Some of you are already there. 
And you're going to have to give up. Faith Chapel's going to get handed over to someone else. All of this that you've worked for. And who knows what else you're going to have. Because you do know, I, I don't know, I think you already do know, you do know you're going to have another location in the city. Who knows that? Yeah, who knows? I think that's an old word, but I know that. I saw that. I think that was what I even wanted to say to Pastor when I came to see him, amongst some other things, which is none of your business. (laughs) But you need to let him and you need to help him fight for getting some big facilities in the city and everywhere else. But you know, one day you're going to hand it over to this young couple, this young team, and they're going to sell it. And go buy, I don't know, a Home Depot somewhere. Some huge building. Start all over again. Yeah, you see how that's going to be a fight. Mm. Yeah, they're taking you. That's interesting, isn't it? See how many, I don't know about you, but you know what? Have you noticed in business, there's a dad can start a business like just a hot dog stand, you know, and build it up until he has a store and then a restaurant and then it starts to really boom and they give it and then sooner or later, you know, the son then takes it and takes it into a national franchise. And if the third generation can take it, They'll take it global. But the problem is what often happens is someone's not willing to relinquish it. It'll be for good, I tell you, darling. (laughs) So I know, darling, I know you're in the fight. I can tell it right now. I can see it's a fight for you to relinquish it. You've got to understand... David was able to relinquish all control, all control of the kingdom to Solomon, who was young and inexperienced, didn't know zip, had never fought a fight, never been in a battle. You've got to be hearing me, darling. So you've got to be able to trust these young people. Guess what? My son, I'm going I'm to blood, sweat and tears, build a ministry around the world, discipling people and teaching people how to be the... How to prophesy. My son goes to the gym and he just, it's easy for him. He's going to inherit a worldwide ministry. Now, the big challenge for me was can I let him have it? Can I let him have all the resources? Can I hand over the checkbook? See, that's a fight, isn't it? That's a fight. It's an internal thing to actually relinquish it, to actually go, here you go. Here you go. It was in David's heart to build the temple, wasn't it? David had it in his heart. The Lord said, you know what, mate? That's amazing. No one, no one has even thought of that. Even though I don't live in a house, even though one can actually build a structure that I'll fit in, not that I travel anywhere anyway. I'm always everywhere. But I see your heart. It's cute. (laughs) But you can't build it. I 
I want Solomon to build it. And he goes, okay. Doesn't fight God. Doesn't wrestle. He relinquishes that. And it's interesting, of all the kings of Israel, the only one that had a, had a seamless transition into his rulership and took Israel into a golden age where they became a superpower was Solomon. Come on. See, how many churches they get to this certain, and, and movements and ministries get to this certain peak and then they level out and then they need to maintain how it was. Let's just sing the old hymns. You know, this is how we did it in the old days. And guess what happens to those things? Guess what? They are monuments now. They're probably an art gallery now or a cafe. Because guess what? They could not fight the fight for the future. Do you want this to be like a tombstone? You do not, do you? In order to do that, I'm just saying, for probably you're nowhere near close that, okay? I'm just giving you the heads up. But for some of you, maybe it's your business. Maybe it's even the ministry that you're running now that God wants you to hand that over to someone else and you've got to move on. And I can say it because I did it. I sowed a church that was vibrant, that was cool, that had a, get this, $180,000 in the bank. I know, I still cry. Brilliant musos, the whole kit and caboodle. And I sewed it. So that I could fight for their future. So I'm not telling you something I have not done. See, who here is over 60? Stand your feet. <laughs> that's a fight hey you are over 60 yeah. what that's not fair that's not fair I thought I was older than you Oh, wow. I suppose you don't go, you don't have no son here, do you? Yeah, that's probably what it is. All right. I want you to put your hands out. Father, I thank you what you placed in these hands. I thank you what the future holds for them. I thank you that it's going to be bigger and better and greater and they're going to take on whatever they have done and whatever they hold now into a greater and better future. I pray for their children, the people around about them, for their neighbours, their ministry, even what they've built up until now, for it to go to a completely another level when they go. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on. So you've got to learn it. You see, we have... Sit down. Yeah, I'm not going to prophesy over you. So you've got to understand this. See, in our country... It is, it, we've had a situation where our prime ministers have just stayed too long. They couldn't relinquish it. 
Oh, you're all greedy. You want me to prophesy, hey? But I think I've... Let me, let me, let me... Okay, I just want to do this one, this one. Who gets anxious? Stand up. I pray for you, you're not anxious anymore. You can't stand up. You get anxious. No, you cause anxiety. <laughs> not that you cause anxiety. I'm not, I didn't say that. Yeah, they told me you cause anxiety. That's why they were, get her, get her, get her. That's a fight, hey. That's such a huge fight. It's interesting, though, and this, you, you hear in the grey and the really cute, is that I, even in the worship I watched this and I saw an angel standing behind you like bending over you and like bending right over so he could still look in your face and thinking, I got this one. And God is really for you. God is really for you, darling. And everything is a lie. Everything's a lie. Are you, you're, the, you're the cute girl that was playing the guitar, hey. Are you married? Yes. How old is she? Oh, that's old enough to get married. Any longer, you're too hard to train. Well, that's sort of an Australian thing anyway. Oh, you all feel sorry for her. But let me tell you something. Okay, you're going to love me in a minute. While I saw you and you were doing this thing where you're kind of waving your hand, you release stuff. You actually do release stuff. You kind of know it, but you're kind of like, oh, am I releasing it? You are. <laughs> you are. You are. You are. Be confident about your ministry. Be confident about your calling. Be confident about what God is bringing to you. Not only what he brings to you, but what he lets out of you. Because I tell you what, it's almost like, it's almost like there's constipation. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're doing, this is a great word, hey. I was doing well, so well until then. But there's going to be a great, there's going to be like a, a flow of God and a flow of anointing, flow of pure anointing. You know, an anointing allows, it's like God's grace and God's goodness and God's ability to do stuff for others. I see you releasing like oil and a lubricant that actually enables freedom. I see uh, you especially be able to pray for people that have arthritis and bone issues and sinews and all sorts of stuff like that in Jesus' name. Who here has got arthritis? You've got bones trouble. Who's that? Okay, go pray for them. Go now, in Jesus' name. Yes, now. That's now. Or you won't go to heaven. Go find someone. Just whoever was waving their hand. Who was that? Grabber? Who was that? Yeah, go there. Okay, I'll finish with you. Oh, doctor. Yeah, just let it flow. Just release it. That's it. Just release it. You two here. Are you together? Yeah, they are. They kind of looked at each other. <laughs> I know he's embarrassing, isn't he? He's kind of... Bit... But I see, God, this sweetness coming to the two of you and this ability to actually problem-solve to others like at another level before. Supernatural wisdom, supernatural insight, supernatural, like an answer will come like Solomon to the situation in Jesus' name. Amen. Even the issue that you're facing right now, God has an answer for it, and you're about to, he's about to give you a download on it right now in Jesus' name. Don't worry about the kids. Don't worry about him. He's going to be fine in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.
Darling, I'm going to get you all. Okay, darling. Man, you are hot to trot. You are. You there, yeah, in the black. <laughs> Sometimes it's like you can look right at the person, point right at them and they go. I ask prophets all around the world, do you get that? They go, I don't know what that is. I see you getting so excited like this. You've actually been able to do this. God causing you to do this, so excited that you double backflip. There's this, this, this jump in you, and it's like the same jump that Elizabeth felt when Mary walked into the room. And you're literally, you're kind of like, gonna be, you're kind of like a, a, do you have smoke alarms here? Yeah. Kind of when it just, as soon as like you burn toast and it goes, as soon as God shows up, you'll start, you're kind of like this smoke alarm, like a lightning rod person. And I know that God uses you to like cause people to know that he's here. That's cool, hey. So make sure you already got your battery in and you're ready to fire in Jesus' name. Amen. And God is all, I can't move. Um, God, it's kind of like, it's like God is already, God is equipping you to do warfare and intercession at a whole nother level in Jesus' name. Amen. God is equipping you, giving you a sword. I see a sword in your right hand and you're about to really go to war for some, for some people and some things and particularly for church in Jesus' name. Amen. You at the back there. Yeah, you're done now. That's me in Jesus' name. Amen. They're going to pray for you and point at you. You with a, you've got a beard. Is this your girlfriend with you? Wife. Oh, that was a good day's work. Please stand up, darling. Wow, she's beautiful. You say, so is he rich? No. But I, you know what? You're, you're going to be able to hear God. It's something, some, something about you hearing God that you've questioned him. And he's saying, you do hear me. You, you are a son to me, he's saying to you. You are a son. And he actually, you, the still small voice that comes to you, you be, I, I, I've, I've kind of got this conversation coming at me. I feel like the Lord wants me to release over you the gift of faith. The gift of faith to just, man, I've got a mate who, a friend who runs a church. He's got a church 10 times bigger than he's got people because he's got faith. <laughs> and I get this 10. I don't know what the number 10 means. I don't know if you're going to have a 10 bedroom house. I don't know if you're going to have 10 cars or 10 swimming pools. 10 kids. But I see this increase, like, like unreasonably so, like ridiculously so, the gift of faith. No longer to be intimidated. Hey, man, if you can win her, you can do anything. Yeah. And darling, you're so sweet and so lovely and so kind and so generous. There's generosity. You actually have the supernatural thing. You just cannot stand people suffering. You cannot stand people going without. You cannot stand people being loved. And it's kind of there's this, you like you're one of the frustrated. But now God is going to give you whatever is in your hand will multiply to bless people. I tell you, you put lay hands on people, you just touch people and you're going to impart blessing to them. And I can see this healing, 
this healing thing coming. And it's really, I don't, I'm just going to say what I say. I see you both driving, you're both together in one of those funny yellow school buses. <laughs> but that's a ministry. That's what I know that means to me. There's ministry for you. Now I don't, that can mean, because we're all ministers, you hear me? But you've got to understand that you've got a ministry. You've got to understand that even what you do now is a ministry. Even what you do now as a couple is a ministry. And as you start to understand that, anointing and faith and supernaturalness will flow into that in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Remember me when you enter into your kingdom. Hey. (laughs) Bless you. Amen. What's your names? Jim. Alex. That's very cute. Father, just bless them one more time in Jesus' name. Amen. Joni, who's your favorite prophet? (laughs) You love Joseph. Oh, in the Bible. Who's your favorite Australian prophet? Right answer. Father, I thank you for anxiety going. Father, I pray I see it dropping at your feet even now, chains dropping from you. Father, I pray a new, a new sense of purpose, a new sense of vision, a new sense of tenacity, a new sense of vibrancy. Father, I thank you that, Lord, that you're going to take care of everything around about her, family, kids, husband, the whole git and caboodle. Father, I pray a new confidence about that. God is literally saying, you ask and I'll do it. You're at the stage where it's like, you ask and I'll do it. You ask and I'll do it in Jesus' name. You ask and I'll do it. You know, it's a little bit like Mary. Mary Mary just refused to get no, hey. Jesus, they've run out of wine. Can you fix this? Oh, it's not time for that, mum. Do whatever he says. And he turned the water into wine. I was thinking of that. I was preaching about something similar to that last night. If he was an Australian, he would have turned the swimming pool into beer. (laughs) Oh, wow, yeah. (laughs) She didn't even take a no from Jesus. Okay. Hey, darling. Oh, the fight for the future. Yes, you. Father, I thank you for, you know what? God is surrounding you. And holding you and protecting you. <laughs> it's like I see God around you in such an amazing way. I see, it's, sometimes it's been like Daniel in the lion's den. <laughs> but it says that this, they didn't even, he, ca- he came out of that without even the smell of it on him. Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego came out of that without even the smell of smoke. Lazarus came out of the dark grave without even smelling of death and decay God is going to present you darling faultless he's going to present you faultless in Jesus name what's your name Deborah everything that's true about Jesus is true about Deborah in Jesus name in Jesus name bless you Deborah alright oh what's this group what happened over here Have you prayed for all the arthritis people yet? (laughs) Where's another arthritis person? Who's got pain in arthritis now? This man here. 
Oh, the Joe who? No, that's too close. Go over there where you've got to find someone. I know, see, she needs training. That's what I was saying before. Yeah, I'm watching. You're going to get him? Yeah, he's a good one to get. I'd get him. He's a favourite. Jesus loves him. Oh, you, darling. Are you here by yourself? Are your children here? Oh, you, yeah, here, yes. Yes. You don't have any children. That's your mother, but you don't have any children. You, you, I see. Pardon? Never been married. Okay, that's probably all. But let me tell you something. You know what? You're still a mother. You still care. You still nurture. You still do. I see this mother in front of me, you know, and I just go with what I see, not what I hear. Yeah, and it's a deep desire within your heart. And if, you know what? God always gives the desire before he gives the means. Is that true? So, Father, I heal the disappointment. I heal the anxiety. I hear all of that. All of that stuff that comes out to you to de- de- belittle you and come at you. You know what, darling? You Let me tell you something. You don't think you're worthy of the fight for the others, but you're in it. You're going to start fighting for the others. Why not just find an orphan? Not to find a single mum. I can find heaps of them. Is that true? Who here doesn't have a mum? Okay, you've got two options. Three. There's probably younger ones. So, Father, I pray that all the shame and all the guilt to lift off you and you to be free. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? Elizabeth... What's her name, Elizabeth? She was a prophet. It was a, it was a woman that prophesied over baby Jesus. Who just committed herself to the house. And she was in the right place at the right time. And who knows who, what little person and what little child and what someone that you'll get to hold in your arms. Maybe a few minutes at a time. Maybe only the once. But who knows what you could release over them in Jesus' name. Amen. I tell you, you could do that. You could step into the same, the same anointing as that woman. It wasn't Elizabeth. Who was the prophetess? Anna. Anna. There you go. Anna. Father, I just pray, release what was on Anna to be on this girl in Jesus' name. Amen. And you two, you three are just greedy. You just keep showing up at meetings. It's these single girls. Damn. Is there someone behind you? No, there's just one person. Okay, because we've gone over time and... Am I allowed to be here? I've vanished. <laughs> but then I pray this. You want to stand up, darling? I pray now that God... See, it's, the Bible says this. He who finds a wife... And this is my superpower. Some of you don't know this. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. So I pray that whatever is hiding you, to go in Jesus' name. And you to be found in Jesus' name. For you to be found in Jesus' name. For you to be found in Jesus' name. The girl at the back there with the... Yeah, you, cute. I feel like you've got this... There's something musical about you. There's a... Yes, you. No? Yeah, that's good. That's perfect. That is perfect. Because that is exactly what you think. But there's actually a song in all of us. It says in Psalms that my heart overflows with a noble theme. There's a song in you, darling. 
There's a song in you that needs to come out. There's a song in you that needs to come out. There's like this excitement. Let me say this. There's this theme. There's this theme. Dun, da, 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 da. You know what I mean? <laughs> this theme, a theme song. You know when you, you hear a theme song and immediately you know the movie. You know the theme. You know the story. There is a story that you actually have like the alpha in the beginning, the whole thing within you. And as you start to express that, if you start to dream that, the song is going to come out in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool? Okay, please sit down. In Jesus' name. How's the arthritis going? Where are you now? Okay, she's going for it. Amen. All right, how about we stand to our feet? I haven't had a word for you. That means that Jesus does not love you. Who got a word? Who grabbed hold of a word of one of the ones I gave for someone else? If you're smart, that's what you'll do. Cool? So, Father, I just thank you for every word. Whatever is me, kill it. But whatever is you, grow it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you in the morning. Amen. Powerful night. Powerful word. Um, I want to have you stand to your feet. And as you're doing that, I want to say Murray's going to be ministering tomorrow. Historically, a lot of people look at Mother's Day as, I'm not going to go to church because, you know, I've got this broken heart about my mom and all this stuff. Um, As a church, we don't really tend to minister Mother's Day messages or Father's Day messages. So I want to get that in you. Murray's going to minister tomorrow. It's going to be powerful. Invite people. um, And we're excited about what God's doing. Amen? So I want to just... I want to uh, pray a blessing over you, and you're going to have an amazing night, and come expecting God to do amazing things tomorrow. Amen? So, Father, right now, I just thank you for what you're doing, God. Let the fire of God burn in every heart in this room. Lord, touch people deeply, God. I ask for dreams and visions, God. Even tonight, Father, people... I just declare that people, for the first time ever, will have a dream, a God dream, tonight as they lay their head down to sleep. God, we we thank you, God, that you are drawing people closer to you. Lord, you are setting people up. Father, you you are positioning us, Lord, to be used by you mightily, Lord. And I thank you for that, God. I thank you, God, that that people are being raised to a new level in you. God, they're discovering that you have chosen them, you've called them, and you will use them, Lord. So even tonight, people going into restaurants, Lord, going into the store, Father, going to buy Mother's Day stuff, Lord. Father, we ask for encounters, Lord, and we give you all the praise. I bless your people, and we thank you for what you're doing, God. We love you, and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great night.